Hey, Kimberly, isn't there a grant for that? Gee, I've never heard that one before. Well, that is certainly a running joke among us grant pros. People assume there is a ready-made grant for anything they can dream up. Understanding what grants can or can't do for your organization is important, not just for grant writers, but also for leaders, staff, board members, you know, pretty much anyone involved. Yep. And knowing when to say no is just as important as knowing when to say yes to the right grant opportunity. Sometimes these conversations aren't easy. Ask me how I know. Hmm. And sometimes bringing in a neutral party helps facilitate these difficult conversations. The team at D.H. Leonard Consulting helps train grant teams in how to approach these strategic decisions. Reach out to them at dhleonardconsulting.com to learn more. Well, hello there. I'm Kimberly Hayes-Daymuga. And I'm Amanda Day. And you're listening to Season 4 of the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. What? We're doing more in Season 4 to help nonprofits, local governments, and the consultants who serve them raise more money and get more grants by sharing real-world experiences and interviews with experts in getting it done. You may hear a y'all or two along the way mm-hmm. and singing. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen this episode. It's going to happen. <laughs> and even strange sound effects. <laughs> That's right. And some badly done sound effects, not just strange, but just bad. Um, So there's more of us to love in season four. We've got episodes dropping every other week, all year long. So let's get into it. This podcast is brought to you by season four sponsor D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. Don't let grants stress you out. Their team can help you with grant readiness and training, grant research, grant writing, mock review, as well as providing numerous DIY resources, guides, and templates. Did you know that with every Fundraising Heyday episode, we create a coordinating blog post on their website, dhleonardconsulting.com? Check it out today. Today we're talking stalking the wild grant opportunity and we're throwing a little freaky friday change out and co-host duties freak out freak out i'm feeling it I'm too. also you know for the past year and a half like everybody else kimberly and i have been hunkered down at home and being safe and smart and all the good stuff that you have to do when it's COVID 19 but we are both fully vaccinated and it's been weeks past our time and we're together i'm looking across the studio at her it's so exciting sorry just had to get that out it's been a long time without my co-host face to face for real so thanks for sticking around with us as we were podcasting through the lovely airwaves that is the virtual podcast virtual podcasting it so anyway today we're going um kind of a rehashing something in our first season we introduced the topic of prospect research um not that y'all didn't already know about it but that's the first time we talked about it on the podcast um but with all the different changes between 2020 and 21 and just it's a good thing to know we decided Mm -hmm. it was time to talk about it again but what's freaky is that we're switching roles of who covers what. Um, Before becoming a consultant, I spent most of my career in local governments working on federal and state grants. Um, Things like private foundations may tend to fund nonprofits, not cities and counties. I guess they figure we have taxes, which is a fair assessment, right? Which is fair. 
Um, so it made sense. But as a consultant, I've started to do more and more nonprofit work with nonprofit clients. And so I've turned a lot of my attention to the foundation and corporate funding world. That's true. Whereas I never thought I'd be saying this, but I'm working with a university and working on federal grants with much more frequency. Obviously, a university can be a nonprofit and a public institution and can qualify and does for a lot of federal and state funding. And what? I'm enjoying it? Who am I? What's happened? But I'll tell you what happened. So working as a, either in tandem or as part of a team in these federal and state grants has really changed the, my, my feelings about this because one was a lonely number for me and trying to pull a federal grant altogether. Oh, yeah. So um, to celebrate growing and changing and trying new ways of doing things, I am taking the lead on talking about researching federal and state grant opportunities in this here podcast episode. And I'm taking the lead with private foundation funding. Um, but that's not all. Nope, nope. At the end of today's episode, we're going to talk about ways of staying in the know, particularly about all the 2021, 2022 grant opportunities as part of the COVID relief recovery information and just everything that's going along with that. Yeah. So it's a wild and woolly time for finding these grants, much like the flurry of the first wave of COVID with the CARES Act. Um, so, but there are efficient and effective ways to help monitor situations like this. And we're going to list some options out there for you. So mm -hmm. we're going to start off with my pal, Kimberly, who's going to do some government grant grumbling. going to grumble about it. <laughs> but no, I'm not really going to grumble, but it's just, I like alliteration. So it is true though. I did in my past grumble excessively about government funding, but that was more about the Byzantine and ever-changing documentation, multiple registration processes, et cetera, et cetera. It was never about actually searching for the grant opportunities, which is our working definition of prospect research. In case you joined us thinking we were going to tell you how to find nuggets of gold or other <laughs> precious gems from the earth itself. No, but we will tell you about how to find precious gems of grant opportunities. Exactly. Okay. Um, so actually looking for federal grant opportunities Here's the deal. They have to let you know about them. It's kind of the law. law. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and you can search for them for free, which brings me to a slightly bigger point. Foundations and government grant making agencies exist because they need to give out the grant money. That's mm -hmm. why they. So let's just set the stage for that. So, yes, they are doing nonprofits and local governments a favor, air quotes, but they wouldn't be there if it wasn't for nonprofits and other agencies looking doing for the, the work. So yeah. I'm just saying, lift yourself up a little bit because I think sometimes it's really, um, it can feel like an uneven balance. Like well, it's got totally uneven the because they and, got the money, yeah. but, and, but they could not have the money unless there were qualified agencies doing great work to spend receive it. the yep. money and spend the money. So I'm just putting that out there. So number one, tried and true. If you um, are new then to, to grant seeking in the federal area, then this will be new to you if you've been doing it for a while. I still stand beside grants.gov as my number one place where I at least start the process to go. You can search it for free. 
Um, you, re- you can register. I myself receive daily emails from grants.gov. <laughs> They're not long, but they just list out all the grants. And is that nerdy? Sure. But um, oh, girl, it's, it's free. It's a great way to figure out what's, what's being released that day. It's totally nerdy because I get those too. Not because <laughs> most of the grants are like, oh, I have a client that needs that. Yeah. It's more like, wow, we, meaning the American people, the American government, we give money to the most random of things sometimes. It's fascinating. I, I'm, I love just seeing where we give money and why and why. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. It's um, so it's grants.gov. And I just want to commend them. I am usually not a fan. You know, I, I'll gripe about anything. Amanda knows this, but they have come such a long way yes. to streamline the federal government granting process. I am, was around when dirt was young when doing this, and it, it's just come along by leaps and bounds. But I also want to make sure that when you're listening, you're understanding that I'm saying, oh, the joy of going on grants.gov and searching. <laughs> Not the same as registering with grants.gov to actually submit a grant through their portal. That's a whole different animal. Yes. They're trying really hard. It's better than it used to be there, but there are many steps to that. And the good news about grants.gov is they have, Amanda, you know this, they have lots of good videos and blog posts and things like that. And they're really helpful too. I've called and said, okay, I can't figure this out. And they will walk you through And they're sometimes they're a little slightly saucy on their Twitter account, which I I think that's plus. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that. Um, So when you're looking through grants.gov, and again, the .gov is the key. You do not have to pay to find federal grant opportunities. You just don't. If you want to, or it's included in a package, something Amanda might talk about later on, that's cool. But you don't have to. I don't care what anybody tells you. Just, you don't, you can go to grants.gov. So there is a search engine. I would compare it more to trying to find a particular book in a library versus the slightly more open style of trying to find a particular gadget on Amazon or eBay or Zappos. Those are, those are super user-friendly. I wouldn't say grants.gov is that friendly because there are lots of codes involved and there are many, there are agencies and sub-agencies, but the same principles apply. You could even start off your search if you were um, look interested in grants that support public schools. You could just search only for the Department of Education and just see what comes up. Yeah. You know, just, just to see. But the skills are the same. If you can buy a pair of shoes on Zappo by narrowing it down by color, make, size, width, um, I feel like you're going you to be able a sandal to, or a pump. Sandal yeah. or pump. Heel height. Heel yes. height. Um, I think you'll be able, you'll be okay. It's just going to take a little bit of like anything new. It'll take a little bit of searching around. Um, and the other good news is that many federal agencies tend to repeat certain programs for funding. A lot of programs are on repeat. Every and year. obviously not talking about, COVID relief funds, we'll talk about that later, or disaster funding, but ongoing programs and services. So even if you do a search and you pull up a grant that sounds perfect, but the deadline was last month, do not fear because chances are it's going to come around again. And um, that would be a great time to go ahead and put it in your grants calendar, because I know you've heard us talk about this before. You just don't want to whip out a federal funding proposal 
in a couple of days. I'm sure people have done it. And I'm sure there's somebody out there going, I did it and I got funded. I'm so happy for you yeah. <laughs> and your strange little voice. I really am. But that's not the norm. That's like people who live to be 104 and they smoke two packs of cigarettes a day. Sure. But it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Well, and one thing I'd say too about the grants.gov search engine, I always start with all my very specifics. What type of agency mm -hmm. am I? So, you know, I make sure I'm applicable, you know, sometimes even what agency am yep. I looking for? What's my keyword topic? Yep. What's there's just lots of ways to narrow your search. And sometimes by doing that, you do find the perfect grant for you. Right. Sometimes. But sometimes you hardly find anything. And so you may want to think about backing off because I always think about, okay, there's got to be a grant out there, but maybe my local government isn't eligible, but maybe the local K-12 school system is and so maybe we could partner together right there you go. so so those are the things that starts put in your specifics but don't don't ignore the um kind of the opposite effect sometimes you have to you sometimes get you can specific. get too specific yes. and sometimes your keywords you have to play around with those yes. a little bit i i know that many of our listeners are super familiar with that but it just bears repeating that um you might say a program to address poverty and they might say a program to address low income families. Yeah. Just putting that out there. So it's a great place to go and just see every, the lay of the land, if you will, for federal funding. Um, but I also really recommend this and I, this carries over into private uh, funding prospect researching as well. Going to the actual federal agencies that you think might be the best fit for your program, signing up for their newsletters, going to the, um, I'm thinking 21st century has its own little page, mm -hmm. you know, the, uh, for in department of education, going there and signing up, signing up for their newsletters, their push notifications. That's another really great way to stay on top of it because sometimes those announcements or they're talking about, um, uh, grants that are going to come out for the whole year, those kinds of things, that's not necessarily going to come through grants.gov. It might come out first in their agency newsletters or whatnot. And so you'll get a little bit of a heads up because technically uh, for most grant federal funding, they must give, is it, I always get this backwards. They must give 30 six, days. 30 days. They're recommended to give 60. Guess what they do? Yeah. 30. So, I mean, also, as a grant professional fundraiser, I'm like, guess what I do? Hit the deadline. I Sometimes I get in front of it. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I got to call myself out on that. But all that being said, if you even a week, an extra week or two, or knowing that in the fall, um, the Department of Defense will be releasing this particular grant can help you in June. Yeah. You can get your ducks in a row and get it together. Um, I also find that by sort of taking deeper dives into different agencies now as a consultant, I have different clients that are, that have uh, different focus areas. Obviously you can also get announcements that can help in other areas, not just grants is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, I subscribe to us. I laugh because I'm like USDA and they have their radio program, which I don't ever listen to, um, <laughs> but I'm sure it's delightful. But, um, what they have announcements that go out with this. And so for an example, um, it was a couple of days ago. Um, they announced that there's going to be special funding into the EBT program, um, which will help you if you qualify as a low income family 
to access um, food and other services. It used to be called the Food Stamps Program. Mm -hmm. but, um, so they have something called PEBT that they're adding on for the summer to help kids who usually go to summer camps or other programs just to help them access more food. Nice. If they're not able to do that. That's not a grant thing, at least not as it was presented in that brief announcement, but I like was able to forward it on to a client going, hey, you might want to let your family program participants, your after-school kids um, and their families know about this if they don't already. So it's just nice. It's yeah. a good thing because it's, although we are all about fundraising and grants, it is not all about fundraising and grants when it comes to all these different uh, revenue streams and getting help. Absolutely. Um, and what Kimberly is describing is not a bad idea to go directly. That's usually one of my favorite ways to do mm -hmm. research, especially like if I know I'm writing for a police department, yep. I'm going to the Department of Justice because, hello. hello, it makes sense. Now, does that mean I can't get police money anywhere else? No, I could possibly find it on Health and Human Services. I may find it through Department of Education, could especially be. if we're wanting to partner Community with school schools. stuff, yep. school resource yep. officers, who knows, right? But I do, you know, sometimes it makes sense to go directly to a source that makes sense. You're not going to want to do that with every agency, though, nope. because in case you didn't know it, there are 26 main federal departments. So we've got departments. I can't name all 26, no, but I'm not even going to try. Health and Human Services is the largest. Is they are the largest. Um, Department, Department of Energy, Department yes. of Education, Homeland Security, the Interior. There, there's lots, right? There's, there's lots. 26 of them. Yeah. But not only that, there's a hundred, there's around 175 sub-agencies. So those are things like the Federal Emergency Management Agency. The CDC. Yes. Um, there's way more out there, but off the top of my head, I don't remember. But again, all that to say is you're not going to go to nearly 200 different websites on the daily and check things out. So that's why. I mean, you could. could. Yeah. We're not going to say never, but I sure wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, so, but certainly going to grants.gov is a great start. But mm -hmm. once you know where your main sources are, you may start checking their website out more often. Okay. A good example of this. The biggest funder of fire department programs is FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency. Um, and so they have a couple of different grants. There's the Assistance to Firefighters Grant, um, which allows you to buy fire trucks and equipment and all kinds of things. They also have the SAFER Grant, which is the Staffing of Adequate and Fire Emergency Responders Grant. Look at you with your acronym. Come on, acronym. acronyms. On. Well, at least the ones I deal with on the daily, True. I know. Um, but anyway, so... I now, if I have someone that comes to me with the fire department, I know where to go directly. And I can say, here's the three grants you definitely want to be paying attention to. Now, am I also going to go to grants.gov and find other places? Yes, mm -hmm. because also um, USDA, U.S. Department of Agriculture, has some grants for rural fire departments. Also firehouse subs. I'm just saying. I know That's... they're not a federal agency. I just want to get sandwiches out there. Yeah. Sandwiches <laughs> are do good. a lot of good in the world. <laughs> So, you know, don't pigeonhole yourself so much. But again, if you know where your go-to source is, it's not a bad place to start there sometimes. That's true. And in my, my perfect world, <laughs> um, every We're state... We're so angelic. I know. That's not what... <laughs> that's not what they say. In my perfect world, every state would have its own version of, like, state your state here grants.gov oh my gosh i would be oh. that would be heaven also in my perfect world no one would ever put sugar in their grits i know amanda i know you do and i love you I do it. it's Sorry. an abomination <laughs> and trees and flowers would use non-pollinated ways of making plant love connections because 
I love me some greenery, but I'm like, y'all, can you just not be so messy and yellow with the, oh man. But anyway, but that's not <laughs> who we are and that's not where we are. So each state and each agency within that state government could have their own way of doing things and they probably do. So there are exceptions. And if your state does compile all grant opportunities then into one searchable database, then Use the same search awesome. logic you would use for grants.gov and give yourself a pat on the back and, you know, hug a tree that's not actively pollinating. Um, <laughs> but it's just rarely the case. It is. If you listen to our previous episode, we talked with Carol Krauss with the um, state of Illinois. They were the pioneers of bringing all things grants together across all state agencies. Seriously, obviously, I'm biased. It's our episode and I'm plugging it here, but... I'm just in awe of what they have accomplished. And I really want to go to the state of Georgia because that's where I live and go, we are so behind the eight ball. What are we waiting for? Because it would be so nice to have a Georgia.gov website where I can just go. Instead, I have to go to every single different agency's website and they are not all created equally. Let me tell you, some of them are amazing and have dedicated grant pages and they list for the whole year. Like most federal agencies do. These are our grants. These are upcoming deadlines. And I love those websites and those people who run them. Thank you. You know who you are. Do you want to call um, anybody out? In particular? Um, I especially love the folks at the Georgia department of natural resources. Come on trees they and are, flowers. And, and I don't even know that she even knows I had a podcast, but Antoinette Norfleet, who does a lot of their grants. She's salute you. Sweet. She's amazing. I love her. Um, but anyway, they're great. But then there's also websites where you control for days on their website and find nothing. And you finally have to call 8,000 people to finally get to the right person who's like, oh, we send emails. Okay, great. How do I get on that email address? Well, well you you tell me. I'm like, okay. here I'm, I'm here telling, telling you. <laughs> so, you know, it's getting on those lists and even the ones like Georgia department of natural resources, they do have everything on their website, but if you do get yourself added to their email list, they also email you and let you know, and they are amazing about, they're letting you know that workshops are coming in two months. So you can start putting things on your calendar. They're fabulous. But again, they're not all like that. Some of them it's like, it's in the deepest, darkest recesses of the basement and you can't find it with a torch and a flashlight, you know, in the land <laughs> beyond time. <laughs> so all that to say is it's really going to depend what state you're in, what level of um, information you have accessible. And, and even within your own state, unless you happen to be awesome, Illinois, Nevada is getting really good. They have a okay, state Nevada. grants office. Yes. Um, so shout they, out to them. They want you to say Nevada, Nevada. I yes. want to say Nevada. I know. But they don't like that there. No. So I got to appreciate you got it. You got to go where the accent takes you. There you go. So we'd like to let the freakiness continue as Amanda leads the way into the bold frontier of finding grants in the private sector, which in my other life as an employee was my favorite hunting ground. <laughs> yeah. So over the last couple of years, the balance of my work has shifted to private foundation grants. Um, and there certainly are some differences between the two. To be fair. Um, we talked about this in episode five, the differences between private and public funding. I love it when you cite past episodes. I can't even keep my phone number in my head. I really salute you. I have good notes. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's be clear. Let's be clear. I'm not the episode savant. <laughs> that would be really cool. That would us. be awesome. Um, so... If you're wondering about the differences, go back this season, season four, episode five. Yep. Um, 
while I love the government side of things where you can real everything is in grants.gov. If that's your jam, it's there, right? Mm -hmm. There's not a, there's certainly not a free version of that on the nonprofit that side. We know that about. we know about. Now, there are some workarounds and there are also some paid resources. And so that's what we're going to go through here today. Okay. Um, but before I delve into the different databases I've used, um, I will also point out too, we, we mentioned a lot of federal grants are cyclical. A lot of foundations are as well, especially, you know, your local mom and pop. A lot of them are taking, you know, once a quarter. That's when their board meets. So they yep. accept applications once a quarter. That's really nice because it's like, oh, man, I missed that deadline two weeks ago. Well, I probably don't have to wait a year. I may be able to mm -hmm. apply again in two and a half months. Now, again, they all work differently, though. So some of them are only once a year. Some of them may not even be once a year. And a lot of them want you to mail stuff to them. I know oh, that's not what we're talking about today. I know yes. that's not what we're talking about today. But just be aware. Yes. Also, be aware that UPS is still not delivering on time. Ask me how I know. Oh, it's a that's sad tale of for another time. And broken promises. It is. Another hearts. time. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so let's talk about databases. Um, probably the biggest most well-known one is the foundation directory online um there used to be a an organization called foundation center which mm -hmm. now is candid that's right um, but they still have the awesome um online database um and this is certainly a paid um subscription you pay by the year you pay it kind of depends on the you size of your organization you can do like a month by month thing oh, can you if you yeah, but yeah, and it's, and we're not saying, oh, it's the only one, it's the most, but it's the one that's been around a long time. It's my favorite. And um, Amanda's just going right there. It is my favorite. And um, <laughs> this is not a sponsored episode, although <laughs> hit her up, hit her up, Foundation <laughs> Director Long, hit up Amanda, let's get it going. But um, it has certainly been around the longest and they, with the new company Candid, they've merged some things together. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. So, but you can pay. And again, we can't give you the price tag because there's like three different versions. It depends how robust you want. It can be as if you, if it was a single subscription and you got all the bells and whistles just for yourself, not for an institution with multiple users, you're probably looking at around $2,000 a year. Yeah. So, um, now I, I tend to do my research in batches. Like I'm not like every day or even once a week, like no. I'll, I'll get a client and I'll, I'll just, I'm okay with like spending eight hours doing research if that's what it takes and knocking it out in a day. So what I do is on their candidates website, you can look up their network partners. Mm -hmm. And so you can go there and you can find out what local agencies have the foundation directory online for free, right? It's right. usually libraries, universities, um, community foundations. Sometimes. It, yeah. So it can be a whole host of things. Um, and I will tell you, it differs. Um, the library that I use, um, it's about 12 miles from my house. Um, as long as the library is open, I can go sit at that computer unless somebody else happens to be sitting there, right? And use it to my heart's content. She just kicks them off. She goes in with some sort of roundhouse <laughs> slam thing. Oh God. Thankfully, so I've no one has so ever been violent, oh, no, to me. Gosh, out of control. Um, but during COVID, my library was shut down. Not and wrong. so the um, there was a, uh, a nonprofit collaborative group for a local county um, mm. that they had it. But you, it was very clear, call for the appointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I made my appointment. And the reason you had to call for the appointment, no joke, this, it was a, it was an organization for a county that they helped all the nonprofits in the county. Okay. And over here in Cobb County in the Georgia, in Georgia. Anyway, 
I literally sit at the lady's desk who runs that program. And so that's why you have to make an appointment. She has to make sure she, and she goes, at some point I'm going to get another laptop and it'll be fine. But for now, so I literally, like she moved her Diet Coke can out of the way for Aww. me and she's got her stacks of paper and I just sat at her desk and I had booked it for three hours and I did my three hours and moved on. But again, it was She's free. doing the Lord's work. She moving is. Moving her Diet Coke she can. <laughs> so, I mean, all that to say is your, your situation and... Your mileage may vary, yes, but I still had access to it. And why it's my favorite one to use is because, especially when you can go get the one that has all the bells and whistles for free, for free, is it's very user intuitive. Yep, you don't have to have a crash course on how to use it. Um, and what I it gives you so much information. If they know the address or a phone number and who's on the board, that's all that's listed. They you can get their nine ninety forms. Of You're the paying for the convenience. Oh, the convenience. It. Not only that, if you find a foundation you like. At the very bottom of the page, it basically says, if this foundation suits your fancy, here's 12 others that are very similar. So it, and it works pretty well. It's not oh, like, yeah. it's not like some places like you may enjoy listening to this podcast. I'm like, you freak. What, <laughs> what kind of algorithm trickery is yes, this? They got some good algorithms. Yeah. So it's, to me, it's the most robust, the most detailed all in one setting. And, but it's because mo there's a lot of people who pay for it. Yeah. And if I had to do, if I worked for an organization and did research on the regular, I would totally be convincing my boss to buy that for me. It's I'm just true. And, th and there are other options yes. to other things where you're going to um, walk us through. There's a research organization called Grant Station mm -hmm. um, that also it's a searchable database. I have used this one before. Mm -hmm. It is delightful as well. Um, here's a nice thing. If you are a member of the Grant Professionals Association, which of course Kimberly and I both are, yep. you can access Grant Station for free. It's a member benefit. Yeah. And here's, I'm going to do a quick GPA plug. Because also full disclosure, we need to say that we're on yes. the board of the Grant Professionals yeah, Association. Yeah, we do both sit on they the They do not compensate us in any way for no. touting their products. We just love them. <laughs> it's been good to me. Yeah. Um, but your GPA membership is cheaper than a grant station subscription. Yep. So why not get it all in one fail swoop is I'm just saying I, something to think I about. I am here with your just saying. Yes. But grant station as well. Research has a search engine. You can get the nine nineties. It has a lot of the, a lot of the very same information. Mm -hmm. Okay. It just has a different look to it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one option. Um, there's also a search engine called instrumental, but I'm actually going to pass that to Kimberly sure. because I have yet to use that before. I have not used it, but I, there's some of my colleagues who use it and really enjoyed it. It's new. I think it's a woman owned company. I, and I think that at one point there was some sort of discount that you could get through membership with Grant Professionals Association. Okay. Or at least a free month or something like okay. that. So I just wanted to hold that out. It, and, and that could be something really good to check out, especially if you could get a month for free. You could just go in and do that. Um, I would just wanted to give them a shout. And because it's a new company, it's instrumental, but the last A is taken out. So it's instrumental. Yeah. There's no vowel because... That's the way we name our programs these days. I'm okay with it. I'm, okay. I'm not mad at it. Um, another one is GuideStar, and you can find them on GuideStar.org. Um, and they're also affiliated with Candid. Yep. So Candid um, Foundation Center and GuideStar used to be separate. Candid came in and merged the two, mm -hmm. um, but they're still separate as far as the systems go within Candid. Um, but it's one of those, there's a free version you can access online, um, which is what I use. So it's not going to be as robust, but you could certainly pay a subscription to have access to more information. Um, and I will say too, the free version of GuideStar, 
You can access 990s, but only so many a month. And for the life of me, I can't remember what the number is. It's I don't like it's like 20 or 30 or something like that. Yeah. I know I have hit it before in a month. Um, so that's that's the downside of that is yes, you can use it from anywhere and from home. Um, but if you hit that number, if you're doing a lot of research, you're kind of out of luck on looking at that. And so this is to look up mainly to look up 990s, yes. right? So for people who are new to this, it's it's the tax form for entities that don't pay taxes, like nonprofits and foundations. foundations. And so you can find really good things. It's an exciting document, just as exciting as, but you know what? Tax documents have actually, they're actually kind of exciting. Um, if you think about it, because you can just see how things work, where the money is, who's on the board, how to Isn't contact. that how they finally arrested Al Capone? It all had to do with his taxes and accountants got yep. into trouble. So, I mean, yep. I'm just saying. But, yeah, so so GuideStar and Foundation Directory are up under Candid. And one, Foundation Directory helps you find the agency. But you may know the name of a foundation and you just yeah. want to know who have they funded recently, then you could just go to GuideStar, Guidestar. for free. Yeah. Well, or in GuideStar has, the free version has a small search engine. That's so true. you could look by state or things like oh, yeah. that. So it's, you know, it's not super intuitive and it's not super drilled down, but it can help get you started mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, one other thing, and I can't believe I'm suggesting this, but I do use it all the time, is the IRS website. Yep. So you can go to irs.gov, and it's on the upper right-hand side of that page. It says charities and nonprofits. And if mm -hmm. you click on that, then you have to click on a few other things. But just keep following, look up nonprofits, look or look up foundations. Spoiler alert, up, it's not up. straightforward. No. Uh, but now, that's not going to let you look up the... Um, it's not a searchable database nope. as far as like, so you have to know the nonprofit. So what I often do is if I'm doing research from home and I want to use all the free stuff, I'll go to GuideStar. I can use that to sort of narrow my search. And then if I run out of my free 990 downloads then I can go like, well, at least now I know the name of the nonprofit or the foundation go. rather. I can go to IRS, type in their name or even better yet, type in their EIN number. Um, Cause IRS website I found is very tricky. Um, like I was trying to look up the 990 the other day for the Arthur Blank Foundation. It kept telling me it wasn't there. I know it's there. I, I know it exists. I've applied to them. He's been around He's, for a while. He's yeah. Well, had a the, couple of hardware stores and yeah, he may have you know, started Home a Depot football team. And, yeah. I don't know. But um, yeah, the name of the foundation is the Arthur Blank Arthur M. Blank Family Foundation. So if you didn't type that full name in, it wasn't recognizing it. So I found if you can go to GuideStar and find their EIN number, which look is unique, and then you can look it up that way. It just saves you a little bit of time. Just the EIN number, as you know, is kind of like a social security number for organizations. Yeah, stands for employee identification number. Sure it does. Or employer employment or something like that. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I'm down with that. Um, and then the last one, I'm also going to toss this one to Kimberly because she was just telling me about it the other day, but it's the Grant Resource Center. And, and there are actually two that I wanted to mention in, yeah. in the same area. So the Grant Resource Center is not something that I have used yet, but it's something I will start using in uh, my work with a regional university soon. And um, it is at least $9,000 a year, but this is a university that has the resources, but also has multiple programs, multiple grant funding. And it was explained to me that Grant Resource Center, if you um, are looking at a particular funder and request it, they, they Grant Resource Center will go and source a funded proposal for you. Now, 
I don't know anything else about it but that. But I was like, hmm, I want to take a look. So that'll probably be in the next couple of months that I would be able to speak in more detail about that. But finally, there's also another um, very robust program, eCivis. Oh, yeah. And they do all kinds of research. And there's... Um, public and private that's the that's the that is one really i mean there's a lot of nice things about e-civis but the fact that they cover both public and private yeah. is nice because there are a lot of organizations or consultants that need to know both although i will always say you know you can find it for free but you if you are if you're at a larger institution or you have a huge client base you have a larger yeah. consulting firm having it all in wrapped up in one place like this university they are not going to be playing around with let's go to these five different websites and drive uh -huh. to the library it's like we need the money and we need it now yeah so um these higher end um all in one deals you're i mean you're paying for the convenience and you're you are paying to have it all up there and if you are getting grants multi-year multi-million dollar grants then it totally makes sense that that's what you would do yep i'll point out to you you mentioned that that um, grant um resource center will get copies of successful proposals you can do that yourself as well right oh. especially when it comes to federal federal grants federal. and state grants you can but sometimes because i've done this before sometimes it can take a while to get to the right person and to go through all the or there you sometimes you have to go to the, the freedom forms. of information yes. act and so it so the fact that somebody else can do it for you that that's really nice you're paying for the service you're you paying are. you're paying but you're paying for the service so um i mean it's true that foundation funding is is usually a less complex proposal than federal funding. I think we could agree on that most of the time, but each foundation is different and they have different ways of announcing opportunities. They have uh, preferred ways of communicating that are different mm -hmm. uh, for each foundation. The basic rules still apply of getting to know your repeat funders in a way that makes sense for them and for you. For some of these larger foundations or bank-run foundations, it may be an email. It may, may be a phone call, and maybe one day when it's safe to do so, you can frolic to your <laughs> favorite local lunch or coffee place and, and have an in-person meeting. But at the very least, for some of the larger foundations, private foundations, you can follow them on social media. Mm -hmm. You can get a feel for things. You can go and attend um, Meet the Funder webinars. Again, shameless plug for GPA. There are often regional conferences where that can take place. Yeah. There are often community foundations that have all these things. Whatever it takes to build that relationship is something that is going to help you in your regular prospect research. It's yes. just like Amanda, you were talking about the department of Georgia department of natural resources sent out their calendar for a year. Yeah. There's some foundations that, that will work that far in advance or will let you know, you know, what things or when they might change a focus area because they can depending on how it was set up. But the more that you can get your sort of regular I'd hate to say usual suspects, but you know, the usual suspects lined up know when they're coming, the better prepared you are when there might be a wonderful new program grant program launching that you were like, Oh, and the deadlines in a month, but it's so perfect. If you already knew that you had, you know, your state agency or your private foundation, you already had that calendared out. You're in a much better position to kind of, Squeeze jump in, in. And, mm -hmm. and see if yeah see if you can't squeeze that in so 
Speaking of new, unexpected, or rapidly changing opportunities, that brings us to COVID Recovery and Infrastructure Funding 2021 and beyond. Uh, yeah, so I'm guessing a lot of us have just recovered from the stop and go COVID relief funding, the PPP, the SBA loans. Oh my gosh, let's not just get started on the, uh, was it SBOV? I, no. Um, I'm pronouncing that. I've got the wrong acronym. See, if I don't know the acronym, I'm not real good. Shuttered Business. Oh, the, the, the venues. The, the venue. Oh, everyone who's listening is now yelling it out and we can't hear, we hear you. you. Ah! It'll come to me in a minute. It may be the SBO. Shuttered venue. I, I say let's do that. We'll go for that. Anyway, yeah, there's been lots of craziness, right? Um, so, and even your local regular funders mm -hmm. changed up things. We're trying to get out money fast, which was greatly appreciated because it was needed it fast. Was needed but it fast. was also nuts for grant professionals trying to keep up with all of that and make sure you didn't miss anything, particularly if you are in the health um, mm -hmm. field, right? Um, there were some tight deadlines and some well-meaning streamline requests. Um, streamline, streamline, I'm making air quotes. <laughs> it's very streamlined, very fast. Um, and it was still complicated and crazy yep. and nuts, right? Um, with the new president, a new Congress, all that is going to come about just like it does every time. Um, there's going to be a shift in funding priorities. And already and, is. And, yes. And so amid all of this uncertainty, let's take a pause and try to remember some very basic rules for applying for grants. Okay. Number one, make sure that you understand your own organization's funding priorities. Stick to that. Right. You start getting in trouble and start getting spread too thin when you're like, when you start chasing money. Okay. And sometimes it's your boss that wants to oh, chase yes. the money. And it, it sometimes, I mean, maybe every once in a while it can lead to something good, but a lot of times it just means you're spread too thin. You've overpromised, and yeah. you're just getting, sort of, no, yeah. I think it's important to remind folks of your mission. Why yep. are we here? If yep. that doesn't fulfill your mission, then maybe it's not the right answer. Mm. Right. Um, number two, you want to make sure you fully comprehend the funders priorities and their focus areas. Okay. Because, there is going to be a lot of money coming down the pike, but there's also going to be so many people going for it. Um, so you want to make sure that you're not wasting your own time and your organization's time by going for things that are a long shot. Or things that if you are a local government mm -hmm. and they are only giving to nonprofits, don't apply. The reverse is also true, of course. Yeah. Or partner but also it's like, be sure that it's worth the partnership and that it's a true yes. partnership and you're not just running around like a crazy person trying to grab every single thing when it just may not be the right thing to grab. Also, yes. grabbing is kind of rude. Let me yes. just say that. Mm -hmm. And number three, be sure to craft a clear, compelling grant proposal that answers all the questions asked and includes all the requested documents on or before the deadline. And let me tell you, I'm the worst at getting it in by the skin of my teeth. I, every year I think I'm going to do better at it. And I just, you know, but I get it in. So make sure you get it in by the deadline. What could possibly go wrong oh, with any of this? Nothing, nothing. Sounds pretty straightforward to me. Seriously, though, the basics are still the basics. So no matter what is coming up where, whether it's new infrastructure, it's after school, it's money, all this money everywhere, and you're probably going to have a lot of people asking you about it. Still, the same rules apply. Mm -hmm. Make sure it's a good fit. Make sure it's a priority. Make sure you're able to abide by the 
strings attached, if you will, the reporting and the regulation and guidelines match if there's a match, all these other things. Um, in 2020, I was, I was floundering around like a lot of people. And I found that actually choosing carefully my sources of information and going to them regularly was far more helpful. Yeah. Um, and for me, what that meant in 2020, and again, and I'm developing where I'm going to go, I don't think it's going to change a whole lot from what I've seen so far. But um, in 2021 and moving forward, for federal funding, I would go to the federal government websites. And since I subscribe to way too many newsletters, but actually I would use that as my gauge first going to the source. Mm -hmm. If it was federal funding, there, there's probably language in there that would let me know, is it going to be you, the agency applied directly to the federal government, or is it probably going to go through the state? And then do I need to start that process? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of getting me going for federal funding. There are also national organizations such as the National Council of Nonprofits and um, then they they might they have state-based organizations that do the same thing. I live in Georgia, but all my, all my clients aren't in Georgia. So I've found um, good sources of information from other nonprofit networks in other states, including the Kentucky Nonprofit Network and Cal Nonprofits from California. They were always keeping up to date on things. I sat in on a free webinar. For, um, this was... I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but it had to do with some SBA programs that yeah. a client was asking about. And I was able to find the Cal nonprofit. It's like, it's a state organization. They're doing this webinar for free. They had representatives from SBA on the webinar. Nice. Now, granted, there were some state specific things, but the other details and including the shuttered business venue thing we were yeah. talking about earlier, that was covered there. So I try to, I try really hard to go, okay, if I can't get it directly from the primary source, which might be the federal government, let me go through an agency that exists to support nonprofits. Cause I think it can just, you know, it's like, Oh, there's Twitter and there's Facebook and, and everybody's telling you what you should do. And I think it can get overwhelming. Finally, I would suggest too. there. Usually there's a national association for everything, right? No, I'll just give you an example. One of my clients has an, a really robust after school program. So there is, I think it was a big insurance company, Lincoln mutual. It doesn't matter. They funded an after-school alliance. It was a national association. Wow. And so they are starting to put out information about funding that's coming into the after-school and summer camp sector that's related to all this um, CARES Part 3 mm -hmm. infrastructure, all these kinds of things. So I guess I'm saying all of that to say that... Um, Focusing on these larger established organizations or the directly to the government, it just helps me stay focused Yeah, and to not feel like um, um, FOMO, if I may. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and the reality is there are so many, I mean, we both know of there are grants technology companies that do a lot of trainings there yeah. are there's just, i mean there's so many options 
don't feel like you have to keep up with it all because you will get, you're going to stress yourself out if you sign up for every single organization you're not going to get a lot of work done if no. you're spending four hours a day in webinars no so you know check out a few different ones see which one seems to be the most beneficial to the work you're doing and follow one or two of them and that's okay right right so. well there's some exceptions though well this is true so i mean like if, if we're doing a webinar <laughs> you can <laughs> we've, we've done some good ones yeah, yeah we've been more, i mean um i think we're okay i think we're yeah. you know you may find the humor indecipherable but other than that yeah <laughs> we yeah. work with folks and we know and we we would only we only partner up with well like we did a series of uh we did a couple of webinars last year with uh, grant hub and found the yes. same company. Mm -hmm. um, so another source I'd obviously we've already mentioned them, but certainly would recommend the grant professionals yep. Yep. association. That's a solid choice. Um, and they of course have chapters all throughout the country as well. And so finding more localized information can be helpful that way. Um, again, we're both on that board. So of course we're plugging it. Not being, not being compensated. No. This is not a sponsored episode um, by others them, by them. No. Um, I would also say for my nonprofit friends out there mm -hmm. that independent sector yep. and Chronicle of Philanthropy are both great sources of mm -hmm. information. So those are some agencies. trustworthy, been around for a long yes. time. Mm -hmm. um, and like Kimberly says, follow, follow your folks on social media mm -hmm. and Twitter. Surprisingly, I get so it's amazing Sometimes. how much information I can get from Twitter. You can also get bogged down in other craziness, but um Anyway, so, but yeah, just figure out what works best for you and go with those that are seem trustworthy, mm -hmm. have the good information. And cause there's just, it's going to be more and more stuff. I think this year coming out fairly quickly to, cause I mean, it's, you know, Kimberly and I are finally meeting together and it's easy to think, well, the crisis is over and oh my no, gosh, honey, not. No, no, not. no, no, no. So there's going to be more money. There's all kinds of agencies that still need help and you want to make sure you don't miss the right one for your organization. And also, we're sitting here together because we were both vaccinated. Yes. I got two from Pfizer. Amanda got one from Johnson & Johnson. We're cool. If you're on the fence about this, please talk to your doctor and yeah. figure out what you can do, not only for yourself, but to protect your family so that we can all be together again. That a little public service announcement added to the end of the episode. Being I like so it. Light. Uh -huh. Being so you polite. Are. It's not usually like <laughs> But anyway, listen, y'all. Thank you for listening. We wouldn't do it without you, and we couldn't do it without you. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave a review of Fundraising Heyday on Apple podcast or Spotify. It's something that can really help other people find us. Other people like you who are trying to find the money to do the good things to transform communities. And we're honored you chose to spend time with us and put up also with our singing, but it is fun. <laughs> and we would love for this podcast to be a part of your professional development lineup. Thank you again to our season four sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. We appreciate their support in making grants less stressful. Visit their website, dhleonardconsulting.com, to download their latest free resources today. Thanks again for joining us today. We appreciate your time and support. Join us for our next episode in two weeks, which includes an interview with award-winning yes award-winning author jessica handler she's been a grant reviewer for a foundation local to the atlanta area it's true. plus she 
knows a thing or two about research. Oh, and she also teaches English, so y'all get your grandma on. Yeah, so trust me, it's a can't miss episode. Until then, friends. Bye! Bye.